0: For, for, for all things ATL. AT, 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 ATL. ATL! For, 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 for ATL. everything ATL. Falcons. First to the end zone, touchdown! This touchdown. is Peachtree Football. No, no, no. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. AT, ATL, 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 ATL. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peachtree Football. Make sure you guys like this podcast, download the podcast, subscribe to Peachtree Football. We are wherever you get your podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, that's Spotify, that's the Odyssey app. Wherever you get your podcasts, Peachtree Football is there. Bo Morgan, we got a they they call it Super Wildcard Weekend for a reason because we got some pretty good football games besides the Monday Night game last night. That one was kind of a dud, but uh, the rest of well, them, the first I mean, one was kind of a dud.
1: Yeah, the first one was yeah. kind of a yeah. dud.
0: I mean, San Francisco it, it was, was a, it was a game
1: for a half, and then San Francisco kind of blue doors on a seven seed, which probably shouldn't be there. Not overly right. high on the seven seed, and having um two extra teams in the playoffs. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I will give um the Dolphins credit. I think Mike McDaniel uh did a great job having his team prepared with a backup quarterback in Skylar Thompson. So, we got good, you're right. We got good games for the most part. Um mm-hmm. probably the best games of the weekend. Um actually all the games were great Sunday, and then that game yeah. Saturday night was was I don't know if it was that was you know, it's <laughs> that easy was to crazy. Think. Plastic, but it was it was bad football from each team in each half. Yeah. So the Chargers <laughs> played great in the first half, and and the Jacksonville played brutally bad, and then it was a flip flop in um in the half. So
0: uh-huh. yeah, it it was it was it was a wild day of a uh, wild night of football on Saturday night, wild day of football on Sunday, and then it was just something. The one team showed up on on Monday, not not both teams, but. It's all good. We'll we'll get we'll break down more of what happened uh, in the NFL playoffs this past weekend here in a few minutes. But I do want to start with a little bit of news, Squid, because the Atlanta Falcons did request to interview Brian Flores. Uh, if you all know uh, the former head coach of the Miami Dolphins, and we know you know what kind of controversy went behind that, but that's really all past him now and. He was then um, uh, an assistant with the Steelers uh, on their defensive side. So I think he would be personally a great fit as defensive coordinator for um, the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, he really honestly was a good head coach for the Dolphins. Um, Like I said, we won't get into what what happened in Miami, what happened, happened. It's kind of over with now, but I think he could still be a head coach personally. So, him coming in as a defensive coordinator, I think that would be an amazing fit for the Falcons. I think a lot of things can be
1: talked about. I think we could do, – I don't want to dabble uh, completely into that because yeah. I think they're – look, the mismanagement of that franchise starts at the top in exactly. Miami. But exactly. I do think that Brian Flores had some flaws. Like, his his unwillingness to back his quarterback – Um it's
0: true. True.
1: – is – is a major one. And I think that was part of the issue there. Um, But I also think that he was treated unfairly as well. So more than one thing can be true. You cannot handle a situation right, yet still get a job uh, done adequately enough to where you don't deserve to be fired. And I do believe that was the case with Brian Flores in in Miami. I love to see Brian Flores here. Um, He can run the style that they've ran uh, in the past two years under Dean Pease um he's a hell of a defensive mind anybody that um you know he was the guy up there You noticed the, the 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 reluctance uh for belichick i know steve belichick his son is kind of running the defense now and i'm why why am i bringing up belichick's because that's where brian <laughs> flores came from he came from new yeah. england um that was his first uh that was where he was a dc before he jumped to miami and then he went to Pittsburgh and worked under to Mike Tomlin. So I love that hire. Um, I mean, excuse me, that interview. And I would love, <laughs> I would love that as a hire. Um, I think that's a guy that can run his own thing. They also interviewed though, Al Hol- 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 Holcomb. And Al Holcomb's a guy that knows his way around. He's worked with Steve Wilkes for years. Um, right. he, he was running the defense, I think, once. Um, if I'm not mistaken, once Wilkes fired Phil Snow, he took over, um, in Carolina, and he did a good job. And by the way, Arthur faced him. They, they they played well against us with Steve Wilkes as the head coach yeah. and Snow was out of there and, and um Al Holcomb was a DC. The other thing I want to mention and 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 I think yeah. it's important is this is an organization that has always been very uh inclusive, not you know, exclusive. Right. They've included people. And these are two minority mm. coaching hires that yeah. you know they come in here and maybe they we retool the defense a little bit. And these are guys that in two years, maybe the Falcons have success, and now they're back in hand coaching, rank. Or one of them's back as the head coach, and the other maybe finally gets his first shot. So uh, – That's I, a good point. I mentioned that just because I think in the day and time we're in it, it's, it's important. Um, and it's it's nice to see everyone getting shots um, no matter what. And these are two guys that have earned shots to run defenses again, especially Brian Flores. I mean, I don't I, – yeah. we talked about I don't think he ever lost a chance to run a team. But now he's bent right. back with a chance to run a defense. And by the way, Cordero Patterson, one of your <laughs> players, has already shown support for Blind Flores. You know he loves that. Yep. He would love to have him here. I'm all. I'm really intrigued by Al Holcomb though. But, um, and and I think he's a guy that been pushed. Not that Dean didn't, but another guy mm-hmm. that might push to retool the the D line.
0: Yeah, I, I would be all for Al Hokum too. I think that would be a sneaky good hire. Obviously, Brian Flores would be uh, definitely a good hire. I mean, Brian Flores, in my opinion, would be a, a good hire for just about any team. Um, but Al Hokum, that, that's a, that's a sneaky good hire that maybe not a lot of people, you know, would think is not necessarily that it has to be sexy or anything like that. But maybe a lot of people just wouldn't know a lot about, um, but would still be a, a very good hire. So. While we're talking about defensive coordinators, we brought up Brian Flores, we brought up Al Holcomb, Squid. Who else would you like to see in here as the new DC for the Atlanta Falcons? When when it comes to uh, bringing bringing somebody new in and replacing Dean Pease, who would, who else would you uh, not mind seeing as the new Atlanta Falcons defensive coordinator?
1: Well, I thought Evro uh, in Denver was an interesting one. That they blocked, yeah. Um, you know it it's 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 one of those deals where he was a guy that did a good job out there um you know it's it's tough because there's there's not a lot of um of guys out there. I'm interested in if I wonder if Mike Zimmer would come back and run a defense because that's a guy that I would be interested in no I, I know he's a consultant right I think he was a consultant mm-hmm. uh for Jackson State. When Dion was there, now I don't think he's there anymore. I don't know what yeah. he. I don't know what he's kind of done. Um, but that's a guy, a guy that I cannot stand. <laughs> is not like Mike Zimmer. I'm not talking about Zimmer. A guy that yeah, I cannot I know. I know. stand is Jim Schwartz. Um, mm. and he was uh he he was a head coach in Detroit. Yep. He um, but he was a DC with. Philly, Philly championship team. Yep. Yeah. And so he, he's a guy that he's a hell of a defensive coach guys. I don't like him. I am not a fan. Um, but he, um, but, but he's a guy and then there's two more. There's Gerard Mayo, um, who I think new England won't let, let go, but Mayo has been coaching the linebackers in um, in uh, in in new England with, with Belichick, with the Belichick. So, you know, Steve Belichick's kind of running the defense, and then here's a the weird one, and I don't know if he translates. So just hold back. But Jim Leonard, uh, mm-hmm. former Wisconsin DC, he was the, he was the interim coach there. He was a Wisconsin player. He played with the Jets. Jim Leonard is kind of a guy that um that I have kind of you know just kind of starred because I think he would be right. an interesting outside the box hire. Now, is that one that that um that maybe you want to. You know, you may want to take a flyer on a guy that's you know he's played in the NFL, but he's been in college ranks. And Vic Fangio, Vic Fangio, yeah, obviously uh, was a Fangio. big. I think I think he came from Chicago when before he went to Denver. I'd have to double check. But another know, yeah, good That's guy. right. That's right. Yeah, and he's on the market. So um, all of those are intriguing names. But um, I'm not going to lie, I, Gerard Mayo, um, Jim Schwartz, uh, Flores, and Holcomb all are kind of guys that I think. Um, that they're very intriguing names, to
0: say the least. Let me give you a couple that I think, and those are all good. And I like all those. Let me give you a couple too that I would keep my eye on if I was, if I were the Atlanta Falcons, and you know, if I had a decision and, and if I had a uh, a say in the uh, decision making process here. One is Tracy Rocker. He is currently the Eagles' defensive line coach. Um, obviously, that Eagles' defensive line. I mean they have four four guys with over double uh, with over 10 sacks. So you know I'm not sure I don't think he's been a defensive coordinator before so he would kind of be a, a newer guy. but obviously you know he, he's getting something going with that Eagles D line and while they do have talent on that defensive line, coaching does matter. We've all seen how coaching matter. I mean you, you can you can take an example from you know how, how this playoff this past playoff weekend has gone. So coaching does matter a lot in the NFL. I think Tracy Rocker could be a darn good uh, defensive coordinator uh, just off of seeing what he's done um, with this defensive line in Philadelphia. Another guy that I liked is uh, Terrell Williams. He is the D-line coach for the Tennessee Titans. And he really has had a big hand in the development of, uh, let me find if I can find his name. He's had a big a help in the development of if well if I can find the dude's name I'm forgetting the the very good pass rusher for uh, D'Amico Autry yes no oh, no 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 not D'Amico Autry he's helped with D'Amico Autry Jeffrey Simmons that's what I'm thinking of I couldn't find the name for a second but Jeffrey Simmons he's a, he's basically been the guy that's made I don't want to say made Jeffrey Simmons who he is but a big he's had a big hand in helping. Jeffrey Simmons become the player he is today. He's also helped ve- veterans like D'Amico Autry, you know, kind of have a couple of breakout seasons there while he's been in Tennessee. So these are two guys and Tracy Rocker and Terrell Williams who know how to develop D-lines, can get your defensive line right. And we all know the main thing. I mean, they've said it themselves. A main concern and a main priority is getting the defensive line right for the Atlanta Falcons this offseason. So bringing in guys like that, I think that will bode well for obviously getting the defensive line right and hopefully getting the defense um, to the point where I think we all know it can be because there there's a lot of potential on this team. There are a lot of young players on this team who have a lot of potential, and hopefully guys like maybe Tracy Rocker or Terrell Williams, Terrell Williams could also untap that uh, potential for the Atlanta well, hey, so yeah,
1: if, if Terrell Williams can bring Jeffrey Simmons, who's a free agent with yeah. him,
0: and co right.
1: him, and when I don't, I'm not. And by the way, we people throw that out like when Arthur's from the guy. You're gonna bring Derek Henry with him? And I Don't want him. You know, I'm not saying that. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm being dead dead yeah. ass serious. Could he yeah. help co a Jeffrey Simmons? who I'm not mistaken, as a you free could. agent, with him, then then that hiring is 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 great. Um, That's a package. Tracy door, Rocker, right look, Tracy Rocker is a guy who Georgia background. Um, you know, I think everybody's familiar with him. I'm, I'm not sure if he's ready for a Mm. DC job, um, in the NFL game. Just like I said, I'm not sure if Jim Leonard is ready. Yeah. Um, the one thing I'll say about rocker is, uh, I like him. He's obviously, um, he, you know, he's made that jump and he's uh, a guy that is very notable in this state, but it's, it worries me hiring a guy, um, based off what his D-line has done when he has that, that defensive line at Philadelphia. And you know this, your 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 wonderful um, girlfriend is a huge Eagles fan. And um, yep. <laughs> Simone, that's a shout-out for you. And I, that was not in any way sarcasm, which I get apparently hit with a lot. People think I'm just constantly being sarcastic, even when I'm not. But um, I'm worried about it yet because so much talent, dilon on that front. Yeah. Um, in fact, you look at Philly, we talked about this on the podcast. Philly's defense is basically the front four or eight because they're almost too deep on every position up front. And Mm -hmm. so it worries me a little bit because they are so ridiculously good up there with guys like Hargraves and, um,
0: Josh Sweat,
1: Fletcher Cox, um, Sweat. Uh, they, they're just, they're just loaded. I mean, Jordan Davis, he's been a whole bit hurt, but he's, they're just so loaded up front. So. There's interesting yeah. names, though. I, I like both those names.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I, you make a good point about uh, Tracy Rocker, too. It, it, again, it might be a little it might be a little too early for him, and we, we might need to see how he develops a little bit more um, because, like you said, he has a lot of talent. So that is a good point there. But the point is the Falcons have a lot of good options when it comes to who could be the next defensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. And I think they're on the right track by – Request an interview, Brian Flores, request an interview Al Holcomb. I, I I think they're on the right track. And I think they're gonna find somebody that, you know, not only they like, which is most important, but I think they're gonna find somebody that the whole fan base can get behind as well. Okay, Bo, let's go ahead and finish out this second half of Peach Street football by reacting a little bit to what happened this weekend. And we we started with that at the top, but we'll we'll get more into it here now because man it, it really was a wild weekend besides like you said it was it was kind of like a sandwich the uh, the the first game and the last game weren't really games but then that the middle you know the, the bread was it was just bread but then the, the inside the meat uh, of the games now that that's where the good stuff was in the middle there so i mean san francisco did what they had to do against the seahawks we can start there and, again, Seahawks, the Seahawks made it a game at first, but, I mean, San Francisco really showed that, hey, we we are Super Bowl contenders. No Trey Lance, doesn't matter. No Jimmy Garoppolo, doesn't matter. Brock, we can do whatever we we need to do uh, with Brock Purdy because, I mean, this team overall, offense, defense, is just loaded down with talent squid. Well, Trey Lance, I don't even know why
1: we're mentioning him. He's done nothing. I mean, they weren't – I don't th- mm-hmm. I think they were – one-and-one one with Trey Lance as a starter. Yeah. And I think he only played two games, right? Maybe he yeah, got hurt like, and got hurt.
0: Yeah, he only um, got hurt in the second and then, third.
1: You know, and, and honestly, I'm not even sure that he should have been starting to begin with. I think he was mm. starting because of where they the drafted need. Him. Yeah, I really do. I mean, he played He played two games this year. He played yep. two games.
0: Yeah, he got hurt in the second.
1: Where he completed 48% of his past for 194
0: yards in two games, so you know, and, that, um, and in the fact, game that he lost, and, and just to quickly mention, the game that he lost was to the Chicago Bears. And I know the conditions were crazy, yeah. and they were playing in the monsoon, but you see where the the Bears are drafting. That's all. Didn't it hurt just, Justin, like Justin Fields
1: did it. Didn't hurt huh? Justin huh? Fields did it. Justin didn't. Justin Fields played well enough to win his team a game. I mean, sure did. He went in that game. He went thirteen of twenty-eight for one hundred sixty-four yards with an interception. Um, and he did get hurt in in the Seattle game. He only threw through the ball three times, which is yeah. actually why his completion percentage is at forty-eight um, <laughs> percent. So Brock Purdy has done nothing but win. They haven't lost the game with Brock Purdy as a starter. Nope. Nope. So that's kind of an incredible feat right there uh, on its own. But look, they've got weapons they're They're very good defensively, especially on the line. uh their offensive line is pretty good themselves yeah. um the the Jacksonville game, i mean the, Trevor Lawrence, let me tell you something now that is a that's a character win right there yeah. um because I thought he played as bad as you could play early and then well, he definitely. you know, he really turned it around um, and played well. I'm going to go through real quick a mm-hmm. um, couple of guys that got stars for me. Um, yeah. Trevor Lawrence, the way he – quarterback. This is just quarter – I'm just doing quarterbacks real quick. I'm gonna, I, I got another yeah. – I got a couple more guys, and I'm going to give you something.
0: Mm.
1: Um, But I give a gold star to Trevor Lawrence for bouncing back in the second half, for not just tanking it. Right. Daniel Jones – Played good. out of his mind, good. good. I was so impressed with Daniel Jones, um, the way he played, and uh, and honestly, Dak Prescott, I tweeted last night as a joke. Someone stack. from the, someone from the station, um, uh, retweeted it. And I, I don't, I don't know why. I, I tweeted last night that Dak was doing his best Stetson Bennett impersonation because he had a scramble where he, ru- where he ran and dove for the first down. But I thought Dak played. I thought Dak was on point last night. I thought he made some really good throws. I was really impressed. Going into that game, I Dak was a mediocre performance away from being called Kirk Cousins by me. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and he, and I, I will not ask that, I thought Dak played phenomenally last night. I was very impressed with how he played, especially after how poorly he played in week 18.
0: Yeah, no, Dak definitely bounced back. And and really, he had played a little suspect, not, not just in week 18, but a couple of weeks prior to that, too. Um, been throwing interceptions. A couple of them have gone for touchdowns. So if anybody needed the performance that they had last night, it w- it was Dak Prescott. So he looked good. Tony Pollard continued to look good. Um, Zeke had a couple of big gains. So the, the Cowboys still uh still alive and still doing their thing. So we'll see. How, uh, how they bowled against the San Francisco 49ers, because that's what they got up next. Um, Just quickly on, on the Jacksonville Jaguars and the, the Chargers game. I mean, man, that, that was something. And like you said, Trevor Lawrence, that's how you bounce back right there. Four interceptions in the first half, four touchdowns, zero interceptions in the second half. And, I mean, if – If that doesn't just go to show how, again, we talked about coaching matters. Look at the situation in Jacksonville. I mean, they go from a dumpster fire, the the ultimate dumpster fire, in Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson. And I mean, does the in in your mind? I know it's a regular season award, but does what happened this past Saturday night does that kind of submit Doug Peterson as coach of the year in your opinion? Um.
1: No, no, mm-hmm. I don't think that. I I think if you were, I guess because the Giants was, are still
0: alive too with Brian Dayball, maybe.
1: Well, I think what Brian, I think what both those guys have done has is is phenomenal. Um, yeah, Dayball has taken a quarterback that everyone hated, the draft pick, and then killed the entire time he was there and turned him into. I mean, he looked. I mean, sign me up for Good. that kind of quarterback Good. play. Yeah. Um. But I, I think the turmoil that Jacksonville was in maybe was a little bit more dire after, you know, you just – you basically brought in a rookie quarterback. You basically had a rookie quarterback this year because Trevor Lawrence, you can't give yeah. him any credit for nothing he learned no. last year. No. I mean, that was probably the first thing Doug Peterson said to all his rookies or all his second-year players who were mm-hmm. rookies under Urban Meyer. He said, everything you've learned about the NFL so far, just wipe it out. So, I would yeah. give Doug Peterson a nod there over that. I I, I think. You can't, um, you know, you can't. But you, you have to mention what, what Dayball has done. What um, st- uh, uh, is it is it Stefanski and
0: um, Kevin Stefanski
1: is, in, in in Minnesota? I know he lost his playoff game, but oh no, that's um, that's
0: uh, Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell. O'Connell. Stefanski. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's a, yeah, Stefanski, I think Stefanski is is in Cleveland. Cleveland. He's in yeah.
1: Cleveland. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you for that correction. O'Connell. I think he's doing a good job. I think Nick Sirianni is probably going to win it in Philadelphia because the best team. But you know what? True. Screw that. Give Kyle Shanahan some damn votes. Because How he's on his third screen quarterback, winning the division, number two seed. Um, honestly, I think it would me be down between uh Peterson, um, Shani and um and, and Dayball because of the, you know, just Shanahan just what he's done with with with, with going through his third quarterback, that's pretty amazing. Um, even not though not only
0: going on his third quarterback, but being on his third quarterback and his team getting better. Like yeah. there's nothing to be yeah. said behind that. So I mean, yeah, I mean, there there I mean there have been some really good coaches uh, uh this year. So coaching going a long way in the NFL uh this season. But um moving on to uh what we saw on Sunday, I mean, again, all all three games were uh excellent. The first game was the Bills and the uh the Dolphins. I can remember there for a second. And Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins gave the Bills all they could handle. And they were in – you know, they they were in position to, to win that game. A couple of drops by Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. But I, I think ultimately – coaching yeah. coaching yeah. Coaching gap. So Man, I didn't mean to
1: cut off with coaching gap. I think have might have taken – That might have no, yeah. been an issue, right? I mean, that coaching gap that, kind of – It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, was sure. Mike McDaniel – but, um, yeah, that was that game was sneaky, right? It was
0: 17-0, on? Yes. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a blowout. And then Dolphins said, "Oh, uh-uh, not so fast. We're here to play. And so they bounced back. They did a good job bouncing back. Skylar Thompson, he found that he, he eased himself into the game. He kind of found his rhythm in the game because he did look, you know, a little timid out there at first. But he found himself, and the Dolphins found a rhythm, and they started moving the ball on offense, and they started clicking. But, I mean, Josh Allen – Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, man, they they make plays when they need to make plays. And, and Josh Allen, he makes some throws when they need to be made. I mean, he he is pretty clutch when it when it comes to uh what you want in your quarterback. So he made some big time throws. The Bills made some big time plays. And uh, the like I said, the Dolphins had a couple of drops here and there with 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 Waddle and Tyree Kill. So that that hurt him a little bit. Like I said, some coaching, some coaching blunders hurt him a little bit. But I mean, you know. That Dolphins team, I, they're going to be around for for they, they have they have a nice little window here. And once they get Tua, if hopefully Tua comes back, I know he's had some trouble with concussions. I know some people are questioning, you know, whether or not he should continue his career. I think he will. I don't think he's going to go anywhere once he comes back healthy and has an offseason to recover. I think he'll be back. But you know, this this Dolphins team, they're they're going to be pretty good. I mean, I feel like the connection between Tyree Kill and you know Tua is only going to get better, and Waddle obviously so. They 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 should they should be able to add some pieces, um, this off season and they're they're gonna be right there. So th- this Dolphins team is gonna be good for years to come.
1: Yeah, I want to um, look. I think I think the dog, I think my, I think they're well coached. I think Mike McDaniel's a hell of a coach. Um, uh, whether he yeah. gets another, another year or not,
0: he made some great play calls too. Darren.
1: the final thing I have on the weekend. Um, yeah. obviously, we uh it, we we've you know. The the the, the Ravens Bengals game was I thought the Ravens Bengals game was kind of boring. I mean I enjoyed it but I didn't. It just was. It just I think yeah. I think not having Lamar there I think bothered. You know I, I'm not I'm not yeah. a hater on Tyler. I thought Tyler Huntley played pretty well but you know the star power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, just, I needed Lamar. Um, it was boring. <laughs> yeah. But I want to talk Is- about.
0: Well, did you watched it right? Yeah, it, no, I was just gonna say real quick, it's funny that you say that because literally uh we were talking about Simone earlier. She was literally saying the exact same thing. Like it was a close game, so it was um it was not entertaining, it was a different word. It was it was a good game, but it just was not entertaining. It was boring, you know, like you said. So that was just funny that you said that. You know what it might have been? Uh huh.
1: And when we get done, ask Simone and then you can report back yeah. uh later in the week. But yeah. maybe it's how exciting the first two games were as far as you know, p- yeah. the teams were scoring. It just seemed like there was a lot of action. And that game right. just seemed like an old-school AFC uh, Central slobber knocker of a game, kind of just slugged yep. it out. Exactly. Last night, Dallas – and I thought Tampa's defensive line did well at first, but I think Dallas's right. defensive line dominated the game up front in the interior. Yeah. And I say that because Dexter Lawrence – and Leonard Williams from New York dominated against the Vikings up yep. front. They were their presence was unmistakable in that interior. And I bring that up because everyone talks about edge rushers and edge rushers and edge rushers. I don't give a damn about an edge rusher. Give me another pulse in the middle. In fact, go give me, go get me two. Go get me one in free agency. Go get me one in the draft. And that yes. way my, my guy Big Grady. And I want to bring my boy Abdullah Anderson back, and now I've mm-hmm. got an interior that I'm I'm loving because those are guys yeah. that fight. But I need I need Breezy from Clemson, or Breezy, I should say. It's a it's a silent mm-hmm. Z or a soft Z, as what the okay. Great Drum told me. So I'm trying to get that right <laughs> and go get me a Deron Payne. Hell, go get me our boy we talked about earlier, Jeffrey Simmons. Um, yeah, Hargraves, Hargraves from, from Philly is He's a free agent. He's a little bit older. Yep. Go yep. get me another one of those guys because to me, Atlanta. The key to relevancy is a defensive and offensive line dominance. So go get those guys because the defensive lines really shined
0: last, last, over the weekend, I should say just over the weekend. That's all I need to say. That, that they showed you're absolutely right. They showed how important they are to a playoff caliber team because the one thing that will help out a, a back end, and the one thing that helps out every single defense is a good pass rush because you and – and I'll give credit to John Trucker. He says this every time about, you know, sacking the quarterback. You, when you start changing down and distance, that's when you start having some success. That's when you start getting turnovers on the defensive end. That's when you start making an impact on defense, getting teams off schedule and changing down and distance. But, no, and the other point to that, quickly as we wrap up here, when you start getting pressure through the interior – that gives your guys on the outside um, more more uh, more opportunities to get to the quarterback on the outside. So uh, if the interior is good, that's going to help the outside guys. And so you know, then we'll start to see honored Abikay to get a couple more sacks. Maybe we'll start to see D'Angelo Malone come off the edge more and, and get more pressure. So it, once you start getting that interior pressure, that that uh, exterior, the outside pressure is going to come right along with it. So. I completely agree the, in, instead of maybe focusing too hard on getting the perfect edge rusher, we need to get a good interior rotation, uh, first and foremost. So I'm with you on that. Squid. I I, I feel you on that all the way. Well, it changes the pocket because a pocket, right. and we've done this before, but a, say a, yeah. the lines like this
1: and then the pocket, mm-hmm. I don't it, It's, can you see it? Uh, it doesn't matter. I, half of this is nobody. Most people aren't watching, but basically your pocket. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Your pocket is built where the front three hold their line, and the tackles push, and they right. they, they basically they it's allow the defense the, the, the what the tackles want to do is is kind of push around right. So you want to push the defensive yeah. linemen, the the edge rushers around behind the quarterback. That way the quarterback can step up into the pocket and into a throw. But if you don't, right? If you um cave that pocket from the interior. Now it 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 does this. So the quarterback when he goes to step up because the tackles are doing their job, there's nowhere to step up. So now he's got to go lateral. Mm-hmm. And if the tackles have done their job and the edge rushers have kind of done their job with getting, you know, they're gonna be there. And if they now now it's on to them to get off the block or put a hand up on that guy and bring him down. So you're almost the interior push almost pushes the quarterback into your Edge rushers, or exactly, um, you know, he'll step into the sack. I mean, there's nowhere it basically creates it nowhere to go. So that's why interior push mm-hmm. is so so important, especially for some of these guys like the Tom Brady's and
0: uh, you know, of the world. Right, exactly. Because, you know, those guys who aren't exceptionally mobile, you know, they they they, they ain't getting away from those uh those big ones, those uh edge rushers, those speedy edge rushers that are there, sometimes even those interior guys. So there you go. That's why interior pressure is so important. A little uh, a little uh, defensive line pressure one-on-one from uh, Squid Billy and I. And that's going to wrap up this edition of Peachtree Football. So we talked about who we want. We want to see as a defensive coordinator. The Falcons have already requested to interview Brian Flores and Al Holcomb. We gave you some other names that we're looking out for as well, and we reacted to what happened this past weekend in some playoff Football. When we talk to you again on Friday, we will preview the divisional round matchups and we will give you another spicy Falcons topic that you're going to have to wait and see what that's all about on Friday. So make sure you come back and uh, check us out for that. Make sure you also download this podcast, subscribe to Peachtree Football and like this podcast as well we are wherever you get your podcast that's apple podcast that's spotify that's the odyssey app wherever you get your podcast peach tree football is there for bo morgan aka squid billy i am dylan matthews until we talk to you guys on friday peace